0: All right, welcome back. I am Charles Musgrove. Welcome back for another show of Business Matters. Uh, Today we have Drew McLeod in the house, and we're going to talk restaurants. We're going to talk payroll. We're going to talk wages, what the minimum wage is. I know that may sound like a boring issue, but it's really not. Uh, Before we dive into that and and give Drew his due on an introduction, remember, if you want to see prior shows, go to Apple Podcasts, look for Business Matters. We are out there. Uh, we're also on YouTube if you want to get the full video. Uh, we also have some show notes that are included in our YouTube show. So go out there and take a look at that. And like all of our other shows, we really we hit the the issues that matter to business. And when you think about it, Drew, there's um, there's really fewer, few items that are more important than wages, how we pay our employees, what we're legislated to pay, what we're required to pay. So, uh, before we jump into that, you have been in the the restaurant business your whole career. I have, uh, and I've known you for a long time. Probably, i I I knew you once when I had hair. So, uh, <laughs> that's a long time ago. So, I appreciate what you what you have done for the business, for the industry in Tallahassee and across the state of Florida. You've been you've been a pillar to the society to the to the industry here in in Tallahassee, and I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I've been blessed
1: beyond measure when it comes to our successes. We've had some failures too, and uh but we we kept persevering and trying to create uh businesses, mostly restaurants and hospitality related industries um that would be appealing to those in our community that would uh, benefit from it and and we've had great success doing that. So for me it's uh it, it's a passion. Um you know different phases and stages of your life and where you are today is certainly a lot different from where i was 15 years ago and you know where i hope to be in five years so i think it's uh been a real blessing to me it's the industry my dad told me not to go into and yet here i am 42 years later and uh loving it more than probably ever and you know continuing to advocate for the industry across the state of florida through my relationship with frla and being on their board and a member for the past 30 years and um I'm just passionate about our industry and what it means to the state of Florida.
0: Well, I appreciate that. It's, uh, you know, I I admire you not just as a person in, in that industry, but as the person of faith that you are and your belief system and how that permeates just how you do things. And I appreciate that because that's a, that's a role model for, for other business owners, for other, your peers, as well as the people that work for you. So I appreciate that. That's, thank uh, you. That's, I, think, I think business matters and integrity matters. It It really does, and thank you. And, um, you know, if, if, if we talk wages, if we talk the restaurant industry and how we pay the employees in that industry, I think you're a, you are a, a great example. You're a great resource to go to and listen to for this show that, that can really provide some insight on, if you crystal ball, what this Amendment 2 will do. I think, I think what the listeners are going to hear from you, I think, is going to be relevant, and I think people can can count on that as as being really a good picture of what what could happen, what you see is going to happen, and your your prognosis to if that if that passes in the state of Florida. So um, you know it's going to have a ripple effect, I believe, whether it's good or bad. It's going to it will have a big Im- a impact in the state of Florida. I don't
1: think there's any doubt about that. I think the reality is that the. Uh, it's a feel-good bill. It's it's easy to vote for it. And I think that um, more people need to understand uh, the effects, unintended consequences, or the effects it's going to have, particularly, I think, on independents like myself, but uh, to suggest that the big boys and and, and that they're not going to have some effect and how it's going to affect the consumer uh, and increased in prices and, and some of those things. I think people really need to consider what voting yes this really means and, you know, how the state of Florida has been handling minimum wage and been above and a leader in making sure that, uh, you know, the minimum wage is a, is, is a training wage. It's an entry level, uh, generally not a, a tremendous skill set. And, uh, you know, I've had countless employees uh, and quite honestly, none of them make minimum wage. So it's, it's, it's about, you know, performance and uh, rewarding those that work hard. And I think that, as an industry, we do that on a regular basis with no glass ceilings
0: yeah I think the uh, the mistake is if people when they when they vote when they pull the lever on this, they may think it doesn't matter to them because they're not in the industry, they don't have a relative that works in the hospitality industry or that that they may not even know anybody that gets minimum wage, but it's going to affect the consumer as well as those business owners i mean it it's not going to be in a in a in an isolation that that this thing is is passed and it it rolls out, I think that's true. And I
1: think what you know, there's a separation between the hospitality industry and perhaps other industries. Um, even even laborers, you know, uh, unskilled workers that are laboring uh, generally aren't aren't hired at eight dollars and fifty six cents an hour. Um, it, it's too competitive a job market now. And when the unemployment rates are low, the demand you know, for for employees and team members is, is high. So um, companies tend to pick and choose and, and they reward those that are able to perform the functions they need to do. Uh, the hospitality industry is different. We have tipped employees and that's a whole nother can of worms. The tip credit isn't being increased in conjunction with uh, the increase in the minimum wage itself. So in, in a very short period of time, you know, within five years, we'll be having tipped employees making $11.98 an hour plus tips. Right. And I think that when you look at how that really pans out within the business itself, it's going to be devastating to us in terms of either having to raise prices. Our margins are already very tight. Right. Uh, and, and our controllables are difficult. So we've got to consider what the long-term effect is. And this law says that even after September 30th of 2026 or 27, when it's in full effect at $15 an hour, state of Florida is going to continue to use the CPI to increase the minimum wage.
0: Right. That's not the end of it. No. So not only are you affecting those, that entry-level person, but you have the, the wage compression issue. So if you already have a person that, is, that you've employed for $15 an hour – And he has one or two or three years. He's an experienced employee. Then you have to you got to move your whole wage base up. It's not just that that entry level person. That that is so true.
1: Uh, If at that point you have a cook who's making fifteen dollars an hour and a dishwasher making fifteen dollars an hour, and you've got to keep it there to keep it, you know, your business aligned in such a way to be profitable. then you're gonna have some disgruntled and some employees that don't think it's fair. And and quite honestly it wouldn't be fair. So that person that's now making maybe thirteen dollars an hour, you know, is going to expect to have coinciding increases in their wages at the same time that an unskilled worker is. And uh that's gonna cause a tremendous effect. I've seen some numbers, I've run my own numbers, so I know exactly what it's gonna cost me year one, two, three, four, five. Um and and you can't even under begin to understand what that effect is if you have that ripple
0: effect and you have these other employees that are expecting more yeah so man this is a, a good setup for the show it's uh i hate to tell you drew but it's it's somewhat depressing and it's like um the wave is is out there building offshore that's going to hit hit short and it's not going to be pretty so uh as i don't know how to dress up the the show setup other than that but I think we're going to deal with some some reality here, and hopefully an education that people watch this they re, they really understand the the impact of this because I talk to other business owners and even in the in the restaurant and the hospitality industry and they're not really tuned into this so I'm afraid if they're not tuned into this and understand what's going to happen, they aren't educating their employees and their employees are hearing. Just the the snippets on on TV or radio and sure. and know, yeah, fifteen like you said, fifteen dollars an hour for the entry level person that that's got a, a feel good effect and and when you first hear that it may sound good but the bottom line is it it has a a big ripple effect throughout the economy and not a good effect. Uh,
1: I I think ultimately we're going to lose jobs and uh, people's hours are going to be cut back. Automation is going to come to the forefront. Uh, some of the big companies have already done that you've seen kiosks and mcdonald's you've seen absolutely the way things are changing uh in our industry particularly but you know uh whether it's uh, at walmart and self checkouts or whole foods and you know amazon now doing these serendipitous type checkouts where you just load your cart and take it out bag it yourself there's they're eliminating people and they're doing it because labor costs are driving um you know, the difficulty we have in keeping a reasonable amount of a net profit. We were, you know, it's a glamour business. I mean, people might think, oh, you know, Saver's been extremely successful in a year and a half. Well, it has, but we invested a lot of money. It takes time to get that back. And quite honestly, uh, outside of session, uh, when I do choose to open up Monday nights, I'm usually open up Tuesday through Saturday nights, 27 hours a week I'm open. It takes me 70 to 80 hours a week to pull that off. To pull it off successfully. Right. Or to have a success. And guess
0: what? Your rent runs
1: 24-7, right? It does. And quite honestly, what people don't realize is that this law, when in effect, will cost me more in increased labor costs than what I pay in rent. Yeah. Every month. And uh, people won't stay in business. It's going to be very difficult for me to justify using my time in that way and turning it into, you know, a profitable business that will support my family. So um, we we take it pretty seriously. But you're right. I think the industry needs to get behind this, Um, not just at the state level, not just those that – you know, have perhaps more resources than some of us smaller independents. But I think the independents need to come together and do some grassroots fundraising. I'm going to help lead that up here in Tallahassee uh, through my relationship with the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association and through the contacts that I've built over, you know, 35 years of doing business here. It's important that people donate something uh, if they don't – if they see the value in protecting their businesses
0: by saying no to Amendment 2. Right. And it's um... – Money is important money we I know that effort needs money to to combat it. It needs time the people the employees need to be educated on mm. on just what the effects are
1: well there's a couple things that are happening, obviously John Morgan's making a push for a fair wage and 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 he's been able to raise i think four and a half million that I saw at the end of January of this year. Uh, our industry is beginning to raise money and to to, to set themselves up for uh, educating the, the populace at large so that they really understand the the effects. Uh, the effects are increased consumer prices. Oftentimes, this type of thing actually hurts the individuals that are trying to help, mm-hmm. uh, to pull them, quote, out of par- poverty. Um, the reality is that consumer prices go up and the dollar doesn't go as far, and individuals end up uh, really at a net zero effect of an increase in in their wage. Um, that's not a story that perhaps a lot of people like to hear, but I'll be honest with you. I think that Independence and, and many others will will simply close up shop and say enough is enough. And if we don't get out there and and say, hey, look, we care, we really do. I, I love my staff. I can't tell you how much my team means to me because none of my success would happen without them. Um, we certainly don't put a gun to their head and say, you know, you got to work for us and do this. They 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 come to work. Uh, to be a part of a culture that is a positive environment opportunity to make money Um, we share and I think that the industry as a whole shares and provides opportunities that otherwise wouldn't exist for either younger individuals or even older individuals uh, across the board but nobody within our industry really stays at minimum wage for a very long period of time if if they understand the the value of hard work and
0: hospitality oh exactly Which is, you know, that's, you can say that across any industry and any business that those that produce, those that are of value, the weight, their pay is going to increase accordingly. Mm -hmm. So you're really, uh, with this amendment, um, we'll talk about the, a little bit more detail on the show, but I think the setup is good and as good as it's going to get. I wish we, I wish this was a a feel good story, but the, uh, we don't know what the, what the final answer is going to be until November. True. So there's a there's a lot that's going to happen between now and November. Uh, I think the battle is just is just getting started, uh, at least on the opposition of it. I think the the battle to get it on the ballot has begun, and they've succeeded with that. Mm-hmm. So that that amendment is on the ballot. Uh, you as a Florida voter will have the opportunity to vote yes or no on this. So, uh, like anything else, make your vote count and. Educate yourself before you go to the the polls or or cast your absentee ballot, but uh, get educated on this. We hope this show helps with that. so John, with that let's uh, let's get the show started. Uh, this is going to be a good one, and let's hear some music and cue us up and let's get it going. Welcome to
1: the Business Matters Talk Show with Charles Musgrove. On Business Matters, we discuss the issues that matter to your business. Find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Beanteam.com. And now here's your host, Charles Musgrove.
0: Welcome back. I am Charles Musgrove, your host of Business Matters. I'm with the Bean Team, and you are listening to Real Talk 93.3 right out of Tallahassee, Florida. Welcome back, and again, we have another outstanding show for you. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. We've got Drew McLeod in the house. Drew, welcome to Business Matters. Thank you, Charles. Great to be here. This is going to be a good show. Drew, as many of you know in Tallahassee, he is a rock star. He's a legend in the restaurant and hospitality industry. He's recently opened a new restaurant, Sabre, yeah. in, in uh, downtown Tallahassee. And I know that's going well. I know that that's, that's always a struggle to open a restaurant, keep it going, provide good food, good service, but you do it. It's absolutely uh amazing what we've been
1: able to accomplish in a short period of time and i give uh, all the credit to uh, to my team uh, to my wife in particular and of course to my god but uh, ultimately uh, we we've had a great run Uh, the interesting story to that was you know when i was working on uh, writing the lease with the landlord i told him i wanted a one-year lease and he looked at me like i was insane and and I said, Listen, we'll know if we're a hit in nine months or not and then I'll put, you know, five years on the line. But uh, you know, Tallahassee is a tough town to succeed in and we wanted to be sure that we had all the pieces together before we jumped off the cliff and uh did what I'm calling my last restaurant, but I, I think my wife doubts that.
0: Yeah. You have done you've done this your whole career. I've known you for a long time. I think in the pre show I said I've I knew you back when I had hair, so that was a long time ago. And you have you you are you're a rock star you're a legend people know you in this town for for what you do for for your contribution to the restaurant industry uh, what you do with the Florida Restaurant Lodging Association I know those people thank you and people look up to you and respect you for that so thank you Drew for doing what you have done your whole career and uh, you know I on the accounting side I get the pleasure to work with people like you and and restaurant owners and it is a difficult it's probably one of the most difficult jobs there is and uh you knew me back when when I was even a uh, I, I dabbled in in the restaurant ownership as well and you came to my rescue with some <laughs> a shoulder to cry on and a and a direction to go so I understand that a little bit what mm-hmm. you go through uh but it is it's a real difficult job you got a lot of variables that you have to deal with every day from from food to people to weather to you name it i think you deal with it and it's um it's not it's not like you guys are are banking millions of dollars, and, and it's a it's a high volume, low profit yeah. uh, type of business, and you got to get it every day, and tomorrow's not guaranteed. So, hats off to to those that are in the industry, and you are a great spokesperson for the topic that we're going to go through today. And this is uh, we've we've had other shows on this, and and this is the first time we've had. Uh, someone speaking that's in the industry, somebody that that's a restaurant owner, somebody mm-hmm. that's been in it for a long time. But we're talking about Amendment 2 mm-hmm. that will be on the Florida ballot in November. Right. So if you go to the polls to vote, you're going to have the opportunity to vote up or down on Amendment 2, which is the increase in the minimum wage to $15 an hour.
1: Right. And it's over time. I mean, it, it, it kicks in September 30th of the next year uh twenty twenty one it jumps to ten dollars an hour or a dollar forty four increase uh at that point and then a dollar a year subsequently until it reaches fifteen dollars and at that point uh the c p i uh will continue to be a factor in determining uh increases beyond that so that does the c p i doesn't go away the tip credit didn't change as it relates to my industry. Uh, which makes it makes it really difficult because every employee uh, tipped or otherwise is going to see an increase and you know one of the things that I've said for a long time, Charles, is that a dollar's not a dollar uh, we have to pay two point seven percent in unemployment, we have to pay FICA seven point six five percent our portion as you know, right, and we also have to pay the increase in um, uh, workers. Comp premiums yep. as a result of the increase in wages. So a dollar is like a dollar and a quarter, which, wow, that doesn't sound like much. But when you, when you realize that on an average week for me, we have about $400, 400 hours in labor. And multiply that times what is ultimately $6.50. The next thing you know, that number is increasing to, to astronomical numbers every week. The first year, the impact on me is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 25,000. And that's small potatoes compared to people that do much bigger volume than I do. But $25,000 is a big part of my net profit. So, right. I mean, you've got to take 20% out of my pocket. Well, at some point, it doesn't become, you know, a great business model.
0: And, the risk the risk out, outweighs the, the possible reward that you can get.
1: I, absolutely. So I think that when you increase that over, you know, a five- or six-year period, at what point do you go, I'm working so hard for so little, and yet at the same time, I feel very proud about my ability to employ 25 or 30 people um, with, with with a good job that they love and that they do because they're trying to improve themselves and or uh, expand. You know, The biggest legacy I could ever have a- as a business owner is the success of those people that have worked with me. And if they go on to bigger and better things, I'm all for it. I don't try to hold them back. I think this will hold them back. Yep. I think this will cause some real issues when it comes to the employment issue. Uh, we've seen some of the effects that it's had on the West Coast between California, uh, Oregon, Washington. I mean, their their employment rates, even as at the end of January, were a point or a point and a half ahead of Florida. So when you have an industry that's so wholly dependent on tourism and hospitality, and then you throw this increase in minimum wage, you're going to see a, a very different um, atmosphere for independents like myself.
0: Yeah and the problem is that you see this on the on the federal stage on the on the the national stage where let's do $15 an hour you saw where the house passed that the in in Washington but it of course didn't go to the Senate to be voted on there but now you see Bloomberg and other uh candidates where they're they want to go to a $15 an hour minimum wage so it's uh it has the ring that people people think that oh that's a good thing we're going to we're going to lift people up that are getting minimum wage, and we're going to increase what they can what they can get paid. So, so the it's like the the feelings are one thing, but reality is another.
1: Yeah, again, I, I would say that the very people that the intention behind it is t- supposed to help doesn't necessarily do that when consumer pricing is going to rise. I mean, there's no way I've had a commitment. It's safer to have everything under forty bucks. I mean that's not you know, and that's and that's not a cheap meal, don't get me wrong, but I, I know what the competition in this in this city is and I know that I wanted to have a competitive advantage. And some of that was to say, hey, I'm gonna put out great quality food through what I think chef Brian Nepper is the best chef I've I've certainly ever met or worked with, and to keep it under forty bucks. Um, and the reason I did that was because I wanted you to come back twice a month. Right. You know, but I think that competitive advantage will be lost. Uh, as we start passing the increase in costs, particularly as it relates to wages, onto the consumer, yeah, so who 's going to pay for it it, it you know it 's going to be split not only from the business owners but from the consumers
0: yeah, and you mentioned the other other states and other places that have passed this minimum wage uh, I pulled some articles uh recently that that uh talk about the the effects of that in different communities and i 'm sure there's there 's articles out there to say that it 's that it 's been good but Quite honestly, those were that was a much harder find than those that said it would be bad. And on this article, this is this is from uh, Jack Kelly, senior contributor for I'm not sure what publication this this is for Forbes. And they they quote the the CBO the effects of unemployment and family income of increasing the federal minimum wage was conducted. This was by the CBO, and they do say that the they will bring. They will increase. Uh, have a positive effect on some families, but overall, more people are going to be out of work. Mm-hmm. So they may they may increase the pay on those people that are getting paid, but the number of people that get paid that is going to decrease.
1: So businesses have a way of surviving, right? Um, and, and part of that, you could you could relate this to the Affordable Care Act. Individuals were. Went from 35 hours, uh, knowing that, uh, you know, in order to qualify, they had to have 32 hours. So we started working them 30 hours, or some of the big industries did, Uh, you know, if you were over 50 employees, because that's when it kicked in. And so they brought people back. They scaled them back. Well, people were making less money and not getting any benefit from it. So, again, unintended consequence. The the businesses, um, you know, have to maintain a certain level of profitability in order to survive. Uh, And if they're bigger companies, of course, they're beholden to their board and their shareholders. You know, smaller companies, I'm just beholden to my family. Right. And um, if it doesn't produce a a, a reasonable amount of profit in our industry, ten to twelve percent is pretty good. Absolutely, it is. And so people think you're getting rich if you're, you know, uh, you know, got a. uh, They don't understand the costs involved and the food costs and the labor costs and all these things that go into having a successful business, but. You know, this is just going to really, quite honestly, I think in my opinion, I've got, you know, four and a half years left on my lease. And that'll be about the time that it's it's fully implemented. And uh, I, I don't see renewing my lease.
0: Yeah, I see that it's hard. You know, we we get the, um, by looking at being involved with other other restaurant owners, it is, um, it's a tough business. And there's just not that extra margin to cover for this. And there there comes a point at which you can only increase price so much. And if you look at some of the the big the big operations, I know uh, McDonald's is not a, a comparable to what your restaurant is. But if you look at the, the big owners, what they're doing is they're they're going to more robotics, more technology. They have the kiosk in place. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even seen some of the some of the big franchises where they do have the order at your table sure. or do your checkout at the table. So that now the the cost of technology you're now crossing that line where that that technology cost is cheaper than the people cost, so they've invested in that technology cost for a number of years, and now they're at the point of okay, we can't fight this anymore. It's going to happen. Well, I think the way that
1: this is written as well is a little uh, disingenuous to the industry itself, to the, to the hospitality industry. If if you're not increasing the tip credit in in conjunction with the increase in minimum wage people don't understand is that three dollar and two cent tip credit stays the same so if you're making which is the case now at eight dollars and 56 cents the tip credit 302 reduce that from 846 and you're paying 544 uh for your employees um and so or i guess at this point because it just recently changed in January is 556 um but with that happening you know we're going to be increasing that. So by the time that this is done, I'm paying servers, bartenders, tipped employees nearly $12 an hour because it'll be 15 minus the 3.02 or 11.98 an hour plus tips. My servers on average make over $30 an hour, right? That's me paying the $5.44 and the addition is of course their performance at the tables and and how they make money. So they're doing extremely well. Um and I think what we we fail to realize is that and I, and I don't, I don't know that this is 100% the direction it could go, but I have heard that businesses could then put on a service charge. Right. Okay. And that service charge is maybe 20%, which is kind of what people are used to putting down as a gratuity or tip. Well, if it's listed as a service charge and it's on the bill when you receive it, the business owner has a right to distribute that money in a different way, right, to help recoup the costs. And I think when you do that, you're going to lose the personalized service that you should expect because then all of a sudden every server is making the
0: same. Absolutely. So what's going to happen in that is, let's say the total cost that the consumer pays when they go into that full-service restaurant is is the same. Now it's just a, it's, it's broken up differently. Yeah. So they may pay that same $100, which would be split before, to the To the wait staff, got twenty five or thirty. Now the now that ticket's going to say you owe total a hundred bucks, and now the owner is going to pay the the wait staff the minimum wage that they're required and nothing else. That's right. That could very. That could, so that could what happen. happens in that case is you, you got to believe that okay that that tipped employee that that was getting thirty dollars an hour at your establishment now they're going to get fifteen. That that could happen. Uh,
1: I don't think any of us want to see that happen. Uh, we, we like to see those individuals that give excellent service be rewarded for it. But I think if we get to this position, there are going to be ways in which the industry responds so that they can maintain a reasonable level of profitability. And I don't know too many ways to do that unless we start sacrificing the quality of our product. We buy great product, and uh, you know then you're going to buy a lesser product. Well, then I'm not the same restaurant anymore. I'm not the right. same individual we were before
0: right, no I think I think that's right, and it like you said, businesses they they're going to try to do what they can to survive, sure, so they're going to do the things that that they can do, not the easiest, but what can they accomplish first, so,
1: as I look at the last twenty years and having been in Tallahassee for thirty five in nineteen ninety eight And this is a little history lesson. But in 1998, Tallahassee hit a demographic of about 250,000 people. And that's when you saw some of the big players come in, whether it was Outback or Steak and Shale or Smoky Bones or, uh, you know, Dardens came in, Outbacks came in, Carabas, Bonefish. uh, And it, it happened. And the reality was that the discretionary dollars being spent on dining out didn't really change. It just got cut up differently. Right. So there were a number of independents that went out of business because they couldn't compete. Okay, now that's on us. Fincher and I had Paradise at that time, and I said, "Look, Outback's our competition. No, they're not. We're doing seafood." I said, "Listen, they're they're getting a piece of the pie that mm-hmm. you know it's being taken from us." So we we had some attrition in the in the independent sector of our restaurant industry. Fast forward ten years, two thousand and eight, and we have a pretty bad situation economically. I was fortunate to get out at that time, but 08 and 09 weren't real friendly. And, again, we had more attrition. Independents got out of the market. And you saw some of the big boys they were able to maintain. They didn't change their models. They just stuck through it because they had the resources and the backing to do it, knowing that we'd come out the other side. A lot of the independents didn't have the resources to do that. Fast forward 10 more years, and look where we are, 2018. Economy starts coming back. Independents like myself say, hmm, this might be a good opportunity for us to do that. And so over the last two years, we've worked really hard. We've seen more people come into the downtown area where I am. you have seen more people go out to the northeast area. Uh, Bannerman Crossing, lots of things happening. Independence getting back in the game and competing with the big boys in a different way, giving, giving the consumer some options that they wouldn't have otherwise. Right. Do, do you want to live in Tallahassee and in a community where you only have – the corporate places? I, I certainly don't because I look for diversity, I look for creativity. I just got back from a trip to Atlanta, went to a little place in Columbus called Wicked Hen. Really cool spot, right? I want I want those opportunities for Tallahassee and you're seeing that happen quite a bit. Reality is, I think that if we continue down this path and those independents who are just getting back in the game, just getting some momentum and then they get hit in the gut,
0: they may go, hey, I can't play this game. Enough. Yeah. <clears throat> that is what makes the community at least from the hospitality standpoint unique. Those like if you go over to Destin, like you mentioned Atlanta, that's what makes those communities different and unique is is the the hospitality, the places they can go for for a good meal.
1: It, it it's important. We we have some iconic institutions in this town. We have some new places coming on board. You know, it it it's what makes us Tallahassee and I would hate to see our local community lose some of these gems that we've had for a very long time, and some of the new ones that are coming online. And it would just, uh, you know, I think affect the consumer in a way that they, again, unintended consequences. Exactly, going to happen.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, this is a um, this is a statewide amendment, so this mm-hmm. is not community specific, which is like that in, in some of the, the states across the our great United States, but. For Florida, this is – you make the decision one time, and it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's the law for the state of Florida. So all of – like Tallahassee, I can imagine that every community, Drew, they're having that same thought. They're having that same conversation that this will not – this will affect the fabric of our community. I know that sounds maybe uh, over dramatic, but it's really not. It's absolutely true. I think that when people don't really understand, perhaps,
1: say, the impact of the uh, Visit Florida funding that uh, the state as a whole – relies upon as the marketing arm for the tourism industry. It's important. It, it, it has an effect. And I know some people think it's difficult to quantify. Um, I think, um, unfortunately, sometimes you're going to see the effects when they cut it back and or, or, or we don't get it funded. It's so important for the state. But, you know, I'm, I'm headed down to Orlando next week for a uh, minimum wage task force. And I think what's important is that we try to communicate this message in a way that says, listen, we're, we're not just you know, mean-spirited individuals that don't want to see people get their opportunities and make more money. That That's not the case at all. Uh, I think what we're trying to say is that the unintended consequences, the effect that it's going to have on the employees, the effects that it's going to have on the consumer need to be considered before you, you know, pull the curtain on the uh, voting booth and, and, and say yes. Um, I think that we need as an industry to communicate this message so that they have a true understanding of its overall effects, not just the feel-good effects. Right.
0: So the um, I know that you're involved in the Florida Restaurant Lodging Association. How can the other people, the other business owners, those that that have a tie to the to the to the to the industry, those that want to get involved, how can they help?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, raising money is uh, the forefront right now for uh, FRLA and. Uh, Individuals like myself that feel like it's going to be important to, to, to get the message out there, and you can't do that for free. Right? Uh, we're kind of behind the eight ball, as I think, uh, with where John Morgan and, and his group has taken it. I think they've raised over $4.5 million, and, and we haven't done that yet. I know that monies are being raised as we speak. Uh, I'll be contributing, and I'm going to work on a grassroots level, at the, the Tallahassee where my biggest influence is, and try to convince uh, other peers of mine entrepreneurs that have been doing business for a long time or the new ones that that want to protect and preserve uh you know their businesses into the future and hey 100 bucks 500 bucks you know whatever we can do it all to help together
0: yeah so i would say contact the uh frla and um yeah if you go to wfrla
1: or org, there's some great information there about you know the messaging uh, about the effects and what the industry as a whole intends to do, or is going to try to do.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's an uphill battle for this. It is uh, to pass. It has to be sixty percent. And uh, this is um, this is as you mentioned, John Morgan. This is being funded in large part. He he's led the effort for that, mm-hmm. and he's got a track record for getting this this thing passed. I mean, he sure. had the Army of Angels that passed the legalization of medical marijuana in the mm-hmm. state of Florida. I know that didn't go through on the first time, but he ultimately got that passed. So. Uh, he knows what it takes to to make this happen. He's got it to the point where it's on the ballot now. So um, it's it's going to be a battle to to defeat this. Uh, yeah. It's one of those those the, the momentum is in his favor. But I think the the more the edu- more people can be educated and they understand the effects of this, the the better the chance that uh, this thing can be defeated. So yeah. one of the things that we talked about in the pre roll was you know we we've we've spent our time talking about. The person that gets that check, that that minimum wage earner, that entry level position, mm-hmm. but it really has part of the ripple effect is the wage compression, or mm-hmm. those people that are on the edge of that starting wage salary, and if there's now that bottom has increased, they're gonna you're gonna see a ripple up the line sure. where that line cook that has been there for three or four years, you're gonna have to increase that that person's sure. wage just to. To keep them on a on a relative scale with the person coming in,
1: yeah, that's that's got to be the hard thing. I think that uh, you know to look to look a guy in the eye who's able to do things, uh, you know, with a spatula or, or, or a grill fork or something that uh, is truly an amazing skill set to have, and comparing that to an entry level uh, dishwasher who I have great respect for. First of all, I love washing dishes. It's not something i I shy away from, but and it's an important position. Do not get me wrong, but the value is different um you know, so I think that um we've got to be very careful about what that effect does to us because now it is not just a dollar or a dollar and a quarter. it's five dollars six dollars again, four hundred hours a week, and if I'm giving everybody those increases you know at 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 $5 an hour you're talking $2000 a
0: week yeah when you did your calculation did you did you apply that just to the entry level person i did it was so i didn't really take into the effect that you were
1: just referring to uh, i think if you do it's a tremendously much bigger but that's number. a real, that's, oh, it's a real you number. you got to do that yeah. i mean i, I don't, know, I how just, don't. I don't yeah, know how you don't i don't know how you don't
0: i agree with you and it's um that's like the hidden the hidden cost of right. that is okay we're we're focused on who gets, that, who gets that paycheck on the minimum wage? Well, that's not the end of the story. Right. And like you said, it's all of those other costs as well that don't go to the employee, but your, your taxes increase. Mm-hmm. You have your, work, your workers' comp increases. So mm-hmm. it's across the board the ripple effect of that cost just to keep that person employed is, is dramatic.
1: It is, and everybody thinks that you can, oh, just raise your prices a dollar and that'll offset it. No, it doesn't. It, it It's not even close. So I think the reality is that you have to be um, – I, I think we're just going to have to be proactive in our approach to trying to stop this from this happening and continue to focus on making our industry better by – creating environments where they'll want to work with us. And they do. Uh, again, I don't have anybody making uh, minimum wage for me. I had 80 employees when I was at the Doubletree. None of them were making minimum wage.
0: Right. Drew, this has been a great show. Thank you for joining us on Business Matters. Thank you. And we're going to have you back before this is over. So we'll get an update on this uh, before November. Go to the app on Apple Podcast and on YouTube. We're going to put some of, this, uh, some of these articles relating to this subject. uh, what's happened in other communities that that have uh, passed this this amendment. So uh, check us out every Sunday right here at 11.30 a.m. on Real Talk 93.3. I'm your host, Charles Musgrove with Business Matters. Have a blessed day. Have a great week. Check us out next week. Peace and love.
1: The Business Matters Talk Show with Charles Musgrove is sponsored by The Bean Team. For all your business accounting and tax preparation needs, visit beanteam.com or call 893-7710. You can listen to more episodes of Business Matters on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or visit beanteam.com.
0: Man, that's a downer.